For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hello, everyone. This is John Parrott, and you're listening to The Local Youth Worker, a daily podcast presented by Reformed Youth Ministries. If you're new to the show, I'll ask our guests one question each day, and we'll focus on that one question. Uh, there may be some follow-up questions to that or some sub-questions, but it's basically focused on one question. And um, we typically uh, interview youth workers and ask these five basic questions, but today we're actually uh, meeting with Ryan Hughes, Reverend Ryan Hughes, <laughs> who is the RUF Minister of Colorado State University. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you. Um, so, Ryan, how long have you been at Colorado State University, and, and what were you doing prior to Colorado State? Yeah, I've been at uh, Colorado State for five years now, and before then I was still with uh, RUF, but in Seattle, <laughs> Washington, at the University of Washington, and uh, took over an existing ministry there, and but uh, our family's kind of down in this area of the country, so we uh, popped down here to Colorado. Good deal, man. Well, it's good to have you today, and I haven't even asked, do you have children? I know you're married, I see you're ranked. Yes, we, yeah, we barely know each other, everybody. Yeah, but we will know each other better. <laughs> That's right. This. That's right. Yes, I have um, an amazing wife. Her name is Amy. We've known each other since second grade. That's oh a whole goodness. other story, which is not what this podcast is <laughs> It's another is about. podcast, yeah. It's another one. Um, crazy romance stories of modern-day pastors. Um, <laughs> and I also have three uh, uh, awesome uh, little girls, uh, eight, five, and two, and nice. uh, love them to death. Good deal. Well, uh, again, thanks for spending time with me today. Um, the first question I have for you this week is, based on your interaction with college students, what's some advice you would give to youth pastors? And I know this isn't... Brian Sorgan, I was when I talked to him about this, not wanting to sound condescending to youth pastors. So there's no sense in what you're trying to hear, you know, that, that you've arrived in a way that they haven't. But what's some advice you would give to youth pastors? Yeah, that's a good question. I definitely, yeah, don't want to disparage anybody. Don't plan on it. I, I think honestly, there are a couple areas where incoming college students, you know, fresh out of high school, obviously, typically struggle spiritually. And um, if I had to pick two, I would just pick these. One is having, having somebody in their lives who is okay with the doubts and questions that they have about their faith. I think the struggle here is that the doubts and questions that current Christian college students have are around some foundational things in our faith. Like, for example, was Jesus actually divine? A lot of people say he's not. Is the scripture historically reliable? Can we trust that it is a reliable account 
of who Jesus was, what he said and did, because everything on YouTube, which they've seen and we have not, <laughs> says that we cannot, that Jesus isn't divine, and they pull, they use scripture too, and mm. they quote the Bible, and there is a whole other worldview out there. And, uh, you know, other things like, um, how do we know that Christianity is the only religion? I'm not sure, because I have Muslim friends, and what they tell me is very compelling. In fact, it's similar, and in fact, we have some of the same names in our past, Abraham and you know, and, and Islamic, uh, in, even in their scripture, the, the Quran mentions Jesus, you know, and who, so who was right, who was wrong. And so these questions, I mean, honestly, even to me, are scary mm-hmm. because our students are asking things that are foundational to the faith. But I would encourage youth workers to engage that space. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that would look like. I mean, that, that's a whole other area of like training, and I don't know if people feel confident to interact with those questions. Like, it's not a small thing, but to, but I honestly don't think you have to have sewn up answers. Really, what I'm saying, I think, is that giving students the freedom to talk about those things without the pressure to conform to what you might believe, without the pressure to say, well, if you don't believe these nice evangelical conservative things, you're not going to be a part of our group. It, creating a, a climate where a student feels free to talk about that with someone before they get into the college environment, which, you know, it, all those things just sort of just sort of um, take off. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's huge. So, so like you said, creating a safe place where students can can voice their doubts, where they can come to you and say, okay, I've got a friend who believes this, or I'm struggling with this personally, and not reacting in a shocked way and screaming at them and just, you know, Bible whipping them, um, I guess you could say. So yeah. that, that's that's good. That's, that's very good advice. That's one thing. And I think the other thing I would say is that, uh, and again, just to pick two, I think the other thing I would mention is that students, high school students, and all of us, we don't just need to know more. The reality, there's so much information in our world. Our high school students are Wikipedia everything. <laughs> like whether or not they've heard it in Sunday school or whatever, they're YouTubing, they're Wikipedia. Like yeah. they know stuff. I would actually encourage youth workers to think about the spiritual growth of high school kids and not just be knowledge based, but to be but to be communal and experience-based. I'm not saying we get our truth from experience. I'm not saying our truth comes from other people. I'm not talking about truth. I'm talking about experiencing God and his reality and living with, uh, with people. And by that, I mean things like being intentional maybe to, to serve and act out obedience, to, 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 to spend a lot of time maybe in the habits of, grace, in reading scripture and praying, not in a way to understand, but in a way to experience God, know God, and doing that with each other, sharing our, you know, lives together in a small group sort of format. I know that happens in youth work, but I'm just, and we're all trying to do that, but if I were to recommend steering spiritual growth or emphasis on any one thing, you know, I would recommend that because what I find is that students that come into college, 
again, they're just they're always learning. There's knowledge, all this kind of thing. But if they leave Christianity, or if they run off from it, or if they're doubt about it, it's because it has not felt or been real to them. Mm-hmm. They haven't seen it make a difference in their lives emotionally. I'm so you know, or or um, or spiritually, yeah. or experientially, and they've not necessarily maybe seen it make a difference in the world. Why? Because there are fraternities and sororities on the college campus that outserve Christian mm-hmm. ministries. They're doing more community work, community development. They volunteer with Habitat for Humanity and um, United Way and local disaster relief more quickly mm-hmm. and uh, often than you know Christian ministries do. And, and students see that and they're like, wait a second, they're doing the same thing that Christianity says and they haven't experienced those things in Christianity. Or they mm-hmm. come into college and they find just a good group of friends, which they should, on their dorm hall or in a in their club or, or in fraternity or sorority. And they say, man, this is real community. We really know each other. We're really sharing life and we're really... So those are real things and we are made by God, all of us, to experience those things. Yeah. And um, I would just say that those are real and vital. That You know, whether we know what that means or like it or not, you know, thinking about experience as forming faith or commitment to Christ, I think it's something that has been kind of talked down in the past. Like, right, truth doesn't come from experience. But, I mean, often it does. Like, when was Peter convinced that Jesus loved him? When he experienced Jesus cooking breakfast for him after he denied Jesus. He had a, he had a, he had breakfast with Jesus in a tangible situation where he experienced Jesus, and Jesus didn't tell him, I am the one, I am the one. He didn't do that. He just, Peter experienced his love with his presence and with um, and with a tangible manifestation of that, the breakfast of fish over a charcoal fire. So I, I would, I think experience is important and experiencing the reality of God. That's that's awesome. I mean, that's, that's excellent, very helpful. And so kind of boiling those two points down, <clears throat> the first was I just went blank on it. Help me remember. Yeah. Well, an, an openness to doubts, doubts and questions. That's right. and, yeah. Being able to share your doubts. The scary and secondly, ones. yeah, the scary ones as well. Um, so cultivating that kind of environment, as well as I guess maybe the broader umbrella of community and experiencing the Christian faith. You know, like you said, acts of service, um, as well as elsewhere, those two places. Because that's huge to think about how when these students get on the college campuses how easily they can find their community in all these other places. Um, so that, that's that's huge. And, and kind of a follow-up before we, we close this out, I am kind of curious. Fraternities and sororities are huge in the Southeastern Conference. That's kind of where I live, my neck of the woods. You're right. in Colorado. Yeah. Can you give us just a snapshot of what they look like at Colorado State University and elsewhere as you've been up in Seattle as well? Yeah. So but honestly, in my experience, at least in New Mexico where I'm, from and my yeah, I went to college and now Colorado State and you know where I'm at now. Fraternities and sororities are not the culture of campus. Wow. They just are not. So, um, well, that's just the short version. I actually there was some way in the University of Washington in Seattle where I felt like it was a it had a different feel, more like a higher tier university in the East where the fraternity life and sorority life really was a social status thing. Like you had that's where the big donors kids were and it and people would just money i mean when you just go into fraternity row you know on 
at either North or the University of Washington, the whole universe shifted and everything was fancy. The houses were huge. It was just a whole other streets of kind gold. Of streets paved with gold, like <laughs> angels singing and everything. Everything was gilded. There were Mercedes on the, you know, and and like Maseratis on the street. And like there were there weren't normal people in fraternities and sororities. You know, the normal Washington student. Um, I would say Colorado State, like normal people in fraternities and sororities. But honestly, like they're their numbers are very small. They're just not a, a right. part of the culture. So I honestly, it's interesting when I hear my uh, friends who do RUF and elsewhere in the, in the country, that keeps coming up, fraternity, sorority. I'm just like, I don't even. Wow. That's it has like almost no impact on my, you know, on my ministry. The students I actually have in our ministry are in service fraternities or are in um, fraternities that have a specific um, kind of goal like that, um, so or agricultural fraternity mm-hmm. or business fraternity or something like that. So. Yeah, that's that's helpful to hear, and I hope that's helpful to others because yeah, in, in the context I'm in, those are vastly significant. So it's it's interesting to hear that from you. So yeah. thanks, Ryan. I appreciate that. That was helpful. My pleasure. Thank you.